Hello, and welcome to Good to Think With. I'm Dr. Jonathan Vickers, and I'm joined today by Anthony Tran, a second year student in the School for Advanced Studies in the Arts and Humanities at Western University. Anthony and I have selected a topic and gone our separate ways to think, criticize, and analyze. Today, we scramble the results and saute them in a research season skillet served up for your enjoyment in the form of an off-the-cuff dialogue. There's no script here, it's just us. Today, Anthony and I are talking about sandwiches. And I'm so excited to have this conversation with you today, Jonathan. Well, let's start then with just a simple question. What is a sandwich? Okay, a basic definition, a sandwich is a piece of food that has some kind of bread around a meat of some sort and some vegetables. All right. Now I'm going to poke at that sure. because I don't think that we need to have meat in a sandwich, nor do we need to have vegetable, mm -hmm. right? You can have just one or the other inside a couple of pieces of bread, and that's enough to have a sandwich, isn't it? I would agree as well. You know what? And even as I said my definition, I'm thinking about PB&Js. I'm thinking about any non-conventional sandwich that are conventional sandwiches at the exact same time based on my definition. It is a loose definition, that's the problem, right? Because by the way that you have defined sandwich, we would consider a hot dog to be a sandwich. We would consider a hamburger to be a sandwich. And when we start going into the question of open-faced sandwiches, which of course are a thing, we can now have pizza as a kind of sandwich. I think it's, it's this weird play in our minds of working with what the item actually is versus how we might want to classify it or categorize it. Um, and I think that's really, it's something that you don't think about all the time now, is it? Thinking about what something is, how to categorize it, how to identify its essence or its being, this is something that people have been wondering about for thousands of years. This is something that Plato, in his dialogues, was often concerned with, right? The ideal world that one can imagine something, there is, a, um, there is well, an ideal of what something is. We can see things in the real world that reflect shades of that ideal, but it doesn't mean that they are the exact thing. I've heard about Plato's definition of forms. I think it's a bit hard to, to believe that there's a singular correct form of an item and that every other iteration of that item is just that, an iteration. Do you think that having that one item at the top kind of diminishes the value or the quality of a pizza if we're going to just say that it's a sandwich? I think it complicates it. I don't know if I would say it diminishes the value, but certainly it muddies the water because not everything can fit into certain categories. And well, even though we have an idea of what a sandwich is, as soon as we start to complicate it, then we get things that are tricky because the world of ideals is a world of simplification. Does the ideal pizza have just pepperoni and cheese? What happens when you put pineapple on it? The same would be true of anything that we can conceive of in this world of ideal forms. When we think about definitions, there are always going to be things that push at the boundaries of the conceptions that we form of how to understand the world and the things that are in it. We face that same problem when we think about just the word sandwich, what a word is and what it represents. With Sasa, I'm also a linguistics major, so I'm very passionate about how our words influence our thinking and how we use them in our everyday life. And I've thought about the word sandwich just because it's really interesting. We have different variations of sandwich, which is our English classifier for what a sandwich might be. I've done a little bit of research into uh, the idea of classifiers in my own home language, which is Vietnamese. 
Vietnamese, there is a lot more classification of words than there is in English in a way that you might think simplifies, as we have said before, simplifies the categorization or the ideas of nouns. However, what I would say to that is that the definitions are still just as muddy. If we take the word for sandwich in Vietnamese, which is ben mi, you have a uh, first word ben, and this word acts as its classifier in a way. So then we might ask, okay, if we see the word ben, what is its meaning? Now, on its own, ben is kind of like a word that means baked good. However, other items that fall under this category of ben are not baked goods whatsoever. You have uh, ben kun, which is steamed, they're steamed rolls. Or you have uh, ben kang, which is a soup. It's actually the name for the noodles within the soup. So maybe then this classification of words isn't how we're going to think about the categorization of words. Maybe there's a different categorization that might be more at play when we're thinking about the semantics of a sandwich, a soup, anything in our world. I'm really glad that you brought up this point about Vietnamese ben mi because it brings to light how much a word, a single word like sandwich or ben mi or, or pick any language and find the word for sandwich in it. It doesn't actually equate to whatever that ideal is. Whatever we picture as that perfect image of sandwich or, you know, something stuck between bread, you can only ever get shades of that in a single word. What we're really trying to do is translate. We're trying to translate a concept mm -hmm. into a single word, and that's pretty much impossible. Different languages are going to do that in different ways because different cultures and places around the world have a different view of what is something between bread. You know, there's uh, this really interesting thing I've, I once heard about the Vietnamese ben mi, where a lot of people see it as a hybrid of French and Vietnamese culture. Um, I think that's really interesting just because, you know, we're talking about Vietnam, it's under French colonial rule. The ben mi kind of grew out of that colonial rule in a way that many people don't really understand or may have an appreciation for. Colonizers brought with them their livestock and their crops in order to sort of sustain what they wanted to eat. When we look at the, the ben mi, it's composed of a French baguette, pâté, and deli meat for the most part. Now all of these here you might immediately recognize as very French items. And it's interesting because, as I said before, people perceive it as this hybrid of cultures. But at the time, Vietnamese people were not able to access these ingredients just because they were of different classes. So when we look at the ben mi, it's really not a symbol of cultural convulgence, but more of cultural resistance. And I think that's really interesting just because, like you said, sandwiches have meanings behind them that are so much more than just the word itself. And so many connotations behind them that are almost inherent to the item, not the word. With an example like that, which is a very powerful one, we can see how a sandwich really is so much more than that simple thing. It is not the ideal, it is always complicated because life has complications in it, regardless of what kind of sandwich you're talking about. A sandwich like that has a kind of semiotic meaning. Yes. There is a symbolism behind it. It stands for something, as long as you can understand the cultural milieu that it comes from. I would say that all sandwiches have something like that, where you can unpack the history of it. You can understand its meaning inside a larger world. And you know what? Even if you were an average person, you didn't know the history of the ben mi, you would still know it as an affordable sandwich made from ingredients that pretty much anyone can grab. And 
even that in and of itself has its own connotation beyond the story that I just told. There's so many different angles that you can approach when looking at a sandwich. So how can we singularly classify it into a single idea? It becomes very difficult. I mean, think about a sandwich like a basic peanut butter and jam. And let's go with the very basic, just yes. between two slabs of bread. There are connotations to that sandwich as well. Personally, I would associate it with childhood. I had a lot of PB&Js. Mm -hmm, it's a simple mm -hmm. sandwich to give to a child. It's also easy <laughs> to have. It's easy to make. Compare that to a sandwich like the Dagwood sandwich. The now, Dagwood. Yeah, the Dagwood is a sandwich that is near and dear to my heart because it is so delicious. The Dagwood sandwich is named after a comic character. Dagwood, who would always have these enormous sandwiches, a huge bun just packed with everything that you can fit into it. To eat a sandwich like that has the opposite connotations as a PB&J. Yes. We can suggest just by showing that sandwich in, say, a restaurant window, there are connotations of wealth, affluence. Consumption. Absolutely. Overconsumption. Yes, in a very different way than a PB&J. Two sandwiches, but with opposite meanings. Or take a simple grilled cheese, comfort food. But it's a kind of sandwich that, depending on the cheese that you put in, can also have those ideas of consumption or of affluence. You can make a grilled cheese a very fancy sandwich, depending what you do with it. So I think what you've touched on is really interesting because we're looking at sandwich as its idea right now and not in its components. And we're taking the components as a way of elevating the idea. We see this very commonly with a lot of different, what we might say, lower class foods. When they're being brought to an environment that is sort of unfamiliar or uncharacteristic of its home environment. Something you might say like a, a fancy grilled cheese. I can imagine a fancy grilled cheese over a nice hot pot of tomato soup could be in any classy restaurant as well, any classy family kitchen. I think it comes back to our problem of trying to pin something down with a definition. The sandwich as a concept is just far too rich for us to be able to say it only has one meaning. It only does one thing because of all those different constituent parts, because it is so much richer than just the ideal, depending where you are, when you are, what you put in it. There is a lot more to a sandwich and what it actually means for our culture and our society than meets the eye. So then maybe I'll ask you this question. It's the idea of how can we sort of have these cultural connotations and these ideas behind sandwiches when we don't even know exactly what is a sandwich? Is it that our definition of sandwiches are able to mold and shape in a way that allows us to see it in different contexts? I would say that we've developed quite naturally what philosophers would call a feel for the game of life. We don't necessarily have to understand everything in its exactitude to be able to pinpoint those definitions and the semiotics of things, because we just feel it. In the same way that when you're playing a sport, you've got those ingrained instincts to move in a certain way, to adjust to the world around you without calculating it. We just do it. We have a feel for the game of life. And I think that's the same thing with other things that we encounter, like sandwiches. Mm -hmm. We internalize their meaning. We internalize their semiotics simply because we become accustomed to them without realizing what's going on. We have an idea, and it's kind of intuitively built into our, our understanding of what a sandwich is, or of what anything is. How do we balance that intuition with the same desire to classify things? The amount of effort that we put into classifying things. We think. That's the point. Mm -hmm. 
you have to be aware of the world if you want to engage with it in a more intellectual way. If you want to find something that is good to think with, mm -hmm. then think about it. Like sandwiches. Like sandwiches. Because you can do this with anything. And we'll f you can find with whatever you choose to think about that the world is not so easy to categorize. That there is no simple answer because the world is a complicated place. This same problem arises when we try to categorize, say, people. Mm -hmm. We can't always put things in neat little boxes. The world is much more complex than that. Every individual person is more complex than that. It really just underscores how inseparable any item is. A sandwich, something so everyday. How inseparable something like that is from our experience of the world. But that experience is going to depend on a vast background. Things that shape who we are, how we live the world, personal identity, personal history, social history. All of this contributes to the meaning that something has. There has to be an element here of convenience as well. That it's just so easy to slap a couple things together inside a bun or a couple pieces of bread and you've got a sandwich. Sandwiches are really easy and I, I think that's why most people love them. Because at the end of the day, all it takes is some food that you really like and something that you can put around it so you can take it with you on the go and eat it wherever you want. That, I would say, it's another definition of what a sandwich might be. And that's something that is very common for the idea behind the Vietnamese sandwich, the Ben Mi. Because like I said, it's something that most people grab for breakfast. It's literally maybe a buck fifty in Vietnam. Even here, if you were to get it at a, at a local store, you're never going to pay more than $3, which is something that allows it to maintain its identity as something that's fast, quick and easy. But it's not the same for every sandwich. And I think, once again, that's where we're going. We're trying to understand the idea that sandwiches don't really have a single identity. Even if they are convenient, they don't always have to be. Indeed, I'm thinking about uh, a hot roast beef sandwich with an au jus sauce or something. Wow. Right, that takes a long time to make. It does. There is very little convenience in that if you were the person that is cooking it for yourself. And I believe that you are bang on correct when you say that we don't actually have the ability to define a sandwich. Because on the one hand, it's convenient. On the other hand, it's not. On the one hand, it's simple. On the other hand, it's complicated. On the one hand, it means something in Vietnam, but it doesn't mean in London, Ontario. Mm -hmm. Very much so. There is no one set good definition of what a sandwich is. It's far too complicated. Even the ideal of what is the perfect sandwich is going to be different for every person. It's that complexity that gives us something that is so wonderful to talk about. It.